The city's extortion rackets hitting our local economy and affecting development in Cape Towns and the Western Cape's most needy communities. The construction mafia is doing major damage on a number of levels. Not only has innocent blood been spilled, like that of city official Wendy Kloppers, who was shot dead at a city's uh, Delft Symphony Way housing project. That reward now increased to a million rand for information uh, with details uh, that could lead to the uh, arrest and prosecution of those responsible. Uh, But also, it is affecting our economy in a critical sector. In a recent News 24 article, Dion Fancel, chairperson of the Western Cape Property Development Forum, said, although there can be no doubt that construction mafia actions include a high level of criminality, we need to be reminded of the fact that the construction sector has shrunk by 25% over the last five years, largely due to delays in the tendering and procurement of public sector projects as well as a shrinking economy. Dion Fancel joins me now on the line. Dion, thanks so much and good morning. How would the Western Cape Property Development Forum describe the magnitude and the impact of the so-called construction mafia, extortion rackets and syndicates here in the Cape? Uh, good morning, Lester, and also to your listeners. Look, the 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 term construction mafia is a, is a very loose term that that speaks to definitely this criminal factor, but it's also, uh, you know, it also in a way touches on desperate communities looking for, for jobs. Now, your question is, how does it impact on the industry? Well, firstly, it's, it's making the industry uh, more expensive. It is making it more difficult to deliver critical projects, both private sector and public sector. And I think one of our biggest concerns is it is fundamentally impacting confidence. If, if we are saying that uh, the Greater Cape Town, and of course this is true for the Greater South Africa as well, is open for business, please bring your capital, please come and invest here. But by the way, we're going to make it damn difficult for you because we've got this interference uh, racket running. It's really not sending the right message. But we are very, very concerned about the health of our construction industry, mm. both the civil and the building uh, industry, and we're very worried about our labor. Mm. Um, you know, these are guys that, that really, construction is a dangerous industry. They, they are putting their lives to some extent online when, when, when they go onto construction sites. Uh, you know, we try and make it as safe as possible. And then we've got to add this extra factor that they don't know whether they're going to get through the gate in the morning. This is unfair. It's unfair to some of the poorest of the poor in, in our community. Mm. You know, our labor is, is uh, you know, it, 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 is, it is probably arguably the quickest way of getting money to the poorest of the poor through, through construction. And yet this is what we're doing to these communities. Uh, you argue that the construction sector has shrunk by over 25% over the last five years. Is that broadly in South Africa, the Western Cape? Is saying that um, that this province is a construction site. We're lots seeing lots of infrastructure development, property development on that northern corridor of here in Cape Town, in the in the Parklands, Sunningdale, mm. all the way up to Atlantis area. We're seeing b- development happening, but you're saying overall the sector has shrunk by a quarter over the last four years. Uh, the, the 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 shrinkage of twenty five percent is not our number. That is stats South Africa. Uh, mm. So the number is probably a little bit higher, you know, and I say that with respect to Stats SA. 
uh, is Cape Town a construction site? No, it's not. Mm. Um, you know, if you look at the numbers that recently been published by Minister Anton Bridell um, on semigration to the greater uh, uh, Western Cape and, and, of course, Cape Town, he's predicting 900,000 people arriving um, year over the next five to ten years. Mm. That is the equivalent of Bloemfontein, Mongo Hung. We would expect, if that is the case, to have cranes all over. Yeah. Yes, there has been some wonderful investment in logistics. Uh, you referred to the Parklands area, the, the Atlantic Hills area, and, and we're very excited about it. But that's not enough to keep an industry going. We need primarily the public sector to employ the civil and building industry and the, the private sector workers, the jam on top. We've got a serious conversation about how do we keep South Africa building? How do we keep the economy going? And how do we keep money to the poorest of the poor? Uh, you hosted a, um, a community engagement forum last night calling for legislated community engagement to combat syndicates. Um, you mentioned in your introduction that Property development and construction is probably the easiest way that we get um, uh, job opportunities for particularly uh, areas of low economic uh, engagement. Surely this is a, a, a problem that is far too big for simply communities to uh, to stand up and when we're talking about syndicates organized crime that has tentacles in almost every sector in the city of Cape Town and South Africa surely there should be you know high level national engagement of how we combat the so-called construction mafia Lester you spot on um, you know just to just to clarify what we said last night we said that you need two strategies a plan A and a plan B Plan B is we need effective policing. We need effective intelligence networks, and we need the police to do its job. Um, and I must say, you know, our recent engagements with, with, with some of the police representatives indicate that there is a willingness to assist. But it's a complex network, and it's, it's a very, very difficult and a dangerous uh, area of engagement. But in parallel to that, our plan A, what we're saying is developers need to be present. We need to be part of community engagement. You know, the statutory timeframes that we're talking with, uh, about on development, you could be in the process for five, six years just to get your statutory approvals, your rezonings, your building plan approvals, your bulk infrastructural approvals, your environmental heritage. You know, we've really made it an incredibly cumbersome process Yes, yeah, legislated public participation, but that's not good enough. We need to shrink that process. We need to collapse the time frames. But at the same time, we need to inform communities of development coming, the reason for the development, the possible participation that can take place in due course. And we need to have effective ongoing relationship with the communities. It's actually disrespectful to build in the community and not inform and not engage the community. Mm. Now, on the private sector side, you know, our, our typical developments uh, arguably require a little bit less than the public sector in terms of public engagement. The city, the province, every other uh, 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 sphere of government should have a specialist community engagement versus a public participation tick boxing exercise. That, that is the lessons we've learned. Mm. Um, 
you know, those developers that engage communities up front that identify potential participants actually have great success mm. and very little disruption. So we need to learn uh, from these lessons, Lester. Uh, uh, Dion, disruptions to construction sites and development um, in terms of protests, they, they could be, in, in, in the interest of this conversation, they could be somewhat malign disgruntlement of not using local labor. They can be nefarious in terms of organized extortion rackets saying we're going to deliberately disrupt you if you don't pay us. But let's focus on on, on community engagement when it comes to to the local procurement of labor and, and those particular disruptions to construction. Is, I, I, I thought that there are already, particularly in Cape Town, bylaw regulations that say that there is construction, there needs to be an X amount of uh, employment of people in a community. Is, is that being adequately adhered to, or, or am I mistaken? No, no, no. To, to some extent, you're correct. There, there are legislated uh, 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 participation expectations, but that's, that's law. That's regulation, right? We're talking about relationship, mm. and, and, and that's a fundamental. You know, you can, you can legislate until you're blue. The reality is we've got to build relationship, and relationship does not get built overnight. And it doesn't just magically happen because a law or a regulation said you must. You, you've got to roll up your sleeves. This is hard work. Mm. But at the same time, you know, one of the missing factors in this whole debate is the role of a ward councillor. You know, we need to activate our ward councillors to be informed, to do the research up front of who are role players in the communities, who are the skilled people that should be identified as possible participants. You know, otherwise, you are going to get these nefarious opportunists jumping forward and presenting themselves as the solution. And, and I think we have been incredibly fragmented as a society on this topic. So our conclusion, very simply, is the developer needs to step up. They can't be absent. The contractors need to have their network set up. Up front, and importantly, the public representatives, the ward councillors, need to do their homework. Uh, they're aware of public sector projects coming um, into their areas. They should also be fulfilling their role and responsibility in this relationship. Dion Fonsell, Chairperson of the Western Cape Property Development Forum, thanks so much for joining us this morning.